Hello and welcome to the Free Associates. That's right, folks, the Free Associates. The freedom to associate with any idea, with anybody, with any situation that comes our way, be it spur of the moment, long term, or something in between, but also the ability to free associate, to kind of look at something and just be like, oh man, this reminds me of that time when I, well, I'm not going to say it, but it could be anything, could be a dream, could be a campfire. Now, I forgot to ask my guest to do a drawing. Can one of my guests do a drawing really quickly so I can pre-associate on it? Well, you got to get some paper going. They're doing it. They're doing it. I've never seen this kind of hustle out of Wayland before ever in my life. It's unbelievable. Now, while they're doing the drawing, I'm not going to look over there. It's a secret drawing. I want to remind our listeners that our readings can always be found on thefreeassociates.us. That's right. All our readings, a couple of days in advance of the show, are on thefreeassociates.us. So you out there can get on there, read this a very short article we're doing today. Interesting article, but short. And prepare yourself. Prepare yourself for the wisdom of us. And you. Now... This is a pre-record, so no phone calls today, but I'm sure you can do some angry emails or whatever you need to do. We are also podcasted all over the metaverse, folks, all over the metaverse. Every episode just fresh and sparkling and new every week. Oh, it's just so exciting. Also, Barbarian in the Valley is podcasted. So we encourage you to track those down. Now, I think, yes, I think, that we are ready to free associate. Now, Free association is not description, so I'm going to be really careful not to describe what's about to be shown to me, okay? And we'll wait for it, but I'm feeling the beat come back up. And in three, two, one, give it to me. Opening my eyes. Jethro Tull. Jethro Tull. Food for the winter. Seed drill. Happiness. No scarcity. The Ascent of the British Empire. And boom, got every possible free association you could possibly get out of that. Now, we're going to be back in a minute. We have a mystery surprise guest today. We're so excited to have him. He has dirt on Wayland, so I would always, always welcome dirt on the whale dog. And we will be back in a minute. In the meanwhile, just enjoy that Diodato, also Sparks Arathustra. studio and i'm looking at two of a kind because they're both looking at their phones folks we have the belchertown mob in the studio now uh waylon has brought some of his belchertown friends uh waylon knows he's looking at the blue button i'm gonna click you guys both on welcome to the show folks so so this is what i do so if i don't have any platform right here yeah to speak I'm over there hitting on the interwebs, baby. I see. You know what I'm saying? I'm to blame. I need to be constantly talking. Yeah, so I know. And that's stealing other people's ideas. <laughs> stealing yeah, exactly. other people's Precisely. ideas. Sorry, sorry. Re-representing. Re-representing. You know, he's a hustler. He's a hustler. So I get it. And there's a little ADHD there, right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, so that's the what... Jitters, that's, the jitters, the jitter leg going on. 
I got to say, you should do a TED Talk on how to be a successful ADHD person because you are. You like feeling functional. Absolutely. You shouldn't finish the talk. For sure. Might not yeah, be able exactly. to. Well, <laughs> I don't know if we can finish What's listening to the there? talk. What's that light coming down? Well, I think you do it very well, and I want to thank you. The thank whale, you. whale dog wasn't too late today, so that's really nice. Well, my spot was taken. That's I was I was on time. We're not talking details. About, we're not. He's not time. wrong. We're not talking about the van <laughs> yeah, today. Yeah. We're gonna let let that van happen. Well, however, it's gonna happen tonight. We have different issues with you. Okay, then we're gonna come back and visit visit them. Excuse me, Scott Poulin is a friend of Wayland's from way back in Belchertown Day. You way back. said. That Waylon was your bully. And this is actually relevant to the article, so talk about yeah. that. Oh, it is definitely relevant yeah. to the article. Uh, just you you move to a new place. Yeah. Uh, you go walking outside. You're on a school bus. and uh, Someone smacks ne- you in the side of the head. No, no. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, you're face first in the snowbank. Uh, it's yeah. pretty relevant. To <laughs> it's called orientation, folks. Uh-huh. Orientation. You, you okay? got to be careful with that. You got to have... You gotta make it, okay? Uh, it's, you can't it, just be. You can't you... just come in with a handshake in middle school and expect that you're gonna. What be grade are we talking about? Seventh. seventh with the top seventh. Uh, I moved in seventh grade okay. too. The worst grade to move in is seventh grade. It, the 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 thing that it does give you when you move to a new place, uh, you, whether you're adult or as a child, is perspective. It yeah. will change your perspective in some something aspect. that he's lacking totally. Oh, oh no, no, no! He he has them. Charmed he just chooses life. to ignore them. <laughs> yes, and you know what I say about Waylon is <laughs> that's he's, actually really funny that you said that, Scott. Right, because I have figured out that Waylon is consciously unconscious. Like he's got that foam Cumberland coffee cup. He loves oh, yeah. Cumbie Farms more than anything. He knows that's wrong. He just doesn't care. <laughs> he's conscious. Now, let me ask you, Scott, when did he stop bullying you? And when did he, but like five minutes ago when he invited you to the no, show? No, no, it's still going on and it will continue yeah. after and this. Do you yeah. see the size right? of Scott now? Yeah, that also I grew, so that helped. Well, you, He's like a Stretch Armstrong that wouldn't yeah, you, stretch you back. You could probably beat him up actually now, I think. Oh, for sure. Well, let me tell you, I would assist in that. Now, we, to, <laughs> we might have to be careful because we're teachers, but I actually want to get back to bullying later. Yeah. <clears throat> well, because it's relevant to the article. Oh, of course. There's yeah. a pecking order of everything in society. I mean, what, okay. whatever regards you're talking about. In this case, we're talking about violence for today, mm-hmm. but in all forms of power hierarchy. Yeah. And established also, like I am a high school coach and have been for 13 years now. Okay, cool. And mm-hmm. Uh, there is still a place to be talked about, uh, not necessarily like in a negative aspect about bullying, but okay. dealing with the social uh, issues that we have to deal with today. It's just uh, extrapolation of the article in its most primitive, prim- primitive form yeah. of like the things you have to learn to overcome to be a stronger individual, to be a stronger society. And I do think it is actually very relevant. I feel like yeah. we're on the precipice of all losing our jobs <laughs> <laughs> at every given time. But that's how well, you know that is the, that's how we know we're on that the you're pushing edge that you're well, that you're also teaching about society because if if you weren't in that that if you weren't escaping that comfort zone. Then you're not really, you know, tr- like well, challenging your students. You, you or say challenging that. You say that. There's sometimes society. I do wonder. You know, Scott, I do a ton of simulations in my class. That's like my, really cool. my bag. And we did the Milgram experiment kind of mm. this week. It wasn't the Milgram, but what I do is I hand out a dot. I hand out sheets uh, when they're coming in. One of them has a dot on it. That student is brought to the front of the room and forced to stand there. And then I tell all the other students not to look at them. Is Milgram the blue eye, brown eye, and then she you know, switches it after the week? What's that experiment? Oh, I know from the sixties. Yeah. But uh, Milgram, he was the electric shock yeah. guy. Ah, so yeah, continue with the experiment, please. Continue with the experiment. And you yep. had actually told me something cool. Whereas 
if the person was told that they had to, they would stop. But exactly. if they were told, you know, you signed up for this and this is a medical experiment, please, you're adding to the body of knowledge, then 65% of them really went way too far with it. It flopped the minute they were told they didn't have a choice. Didn't have a choice. So you could use, you could deploy really things like you're aiding, like you said, you're aiding in this experiment, things like that. But uh, yeah, really interesting. But I have to say that, you know, and I put the, I give the student the dot, I deal from the bottom of the deck. I don't allow that to be random because I would say 80% of my students who are subjected to that wouldn't be able to handle it. Like I would actually really be. That's intense. Oh, I mean, that's kind of like coaching. Like I pick a certain person if they're doing something wrong, but everyone else is, I pick the one that I know is strongest and able to actually do it. So it doesn't come across as an attack, but as an actual learning opportunity. Sure. But Mm -hmm. it can even be dicey then. Like this week, I'm like, ah, gee, I really. And what the cool thing I did this time, I have to say, is that when we were done, I said, close your eyes. Everybody close your eyes. And I wanted you to take a moment, and I want you to capture how you're feeling right now. I really want you to contain it. I want you to feel it throughout your body. And next time you feel this way, I want you to take a deep breath and reconsider what you want to do next time. You know, that's the advantage of doing something like this, is that this moment will probably happen to all of us. If we can remember, like, oh, remember that class, and no one bailed that kid out, and no one said, hey, that's not really kind— you know, they're used to doing simulations with me, so they, they kind of think, well, this will pass. So I understand that. But, like, the physical impact of it on me and on the students is very real, and their behavior changed. And so I agree with you. That's, like, what we're supposed to do. We're, we're supposed, But there are times where I'm, like, in last year, as you remember, I talked to you about this. I yep. really felt like it had gone too far. So we'll come back to that. I'm just going to beef on you for a second and say your fantasy football on. team league stinks. You've changed the rules six or seven times. I don't know who I'm playing in the next playoffs. Um, Paul oh, Fitzgerald. funny you say that. Now there's a complaint about the playoff I format. I was also structure. in a league where Scott was the commissioner for nine years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, what would? By the way, what do you coach? Uh, I coach volleyball, actually. Okay, cool, excellent. Um, we have a volleyball team, don't we? I thought we did. We no, used to. We don't have. A uh, we have a men's club team that's actually decent. Yeah, volleyball. because I help them out. Invented cool. in Holyoke. Massachusetts, yep. Western right. Mass, the birthplace of winter sports, indoor sports, yep. right? Basketball. Volleyball Hall of Fame is also in Holyoke. Yep, yep. No, I don't think anyone Basketball, there. Springfield. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. yeah, basketball, Springfield. Yeah, everyone knows that. Uh, yeah, I thought you said Holyoke. Volleyball. That's volleyball. Volleyball oh, yeah, no, no, no. was invented in Holyoke. And the Hall of Fame is in Holyoke. Yeah. Because I know the director. Yes. <laughs> oh, See, yeah, yeah. he's still trying to get under your skin, Scott, to pay him no attention. <laughs> Anyways, you're a corrupt commissioner. You know you changed the rules. Scott, the just Roger for a Goodell second, of fantasy just for football. a second, he went bankrupt. He spent all his money within two yeah, weeks. Yeah, this, this is actually pretty pivotal right here. This You have no idea how many years I have waited to hear these okay. words. Because <laughs> for corrupt. five years, I was getting flack yeah. Yeah. for being commissioner of uh, this is a corrupt league. You he even win. posted a video on YouTube in his undies about yeah. how corrupt I was, and he needed to get <laughs> it out video. that night. Yeah. And it was no joke. It was five yeah. minutes of attack, attack, well, attack. Trust me, I'm on Whalen. And false news. I know. Well, that's the thing. When you're in power, and I was actually re-listening to one of our earlier episodes, you know, when you're in power, you become a real target. And everything you do becomes questioned. But would you just try to, like, get the next playoff round going, please? All right, all right. To be fair, I can from take, a leadership perspective, flack. that also is relevant to the article. Yeah, so let's get to the article, actually. Yeah, let's rock. Do, do, should I summarize it? Go ahead. Okay, um, it's a short article. It's brief. It's about anthropological studies. 
And there's this cool little piece about tartar on the teeth. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, yeah. Where they're like, oh, yeah, they were eating grains. They were eating oatmeal like 500,000 years ago. And there's a couple of cool pieces that really made me want to get a book. Like, I got to find a book on this anthropological stuff. I don't Mm -hmm. know if it's this book. Um, But the study seems to assert that there's a long history of tribes being violent to curb their most violent members, right? I mean, isn't that the, 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 yeah. the main thrust? That is, but can you remind me, how do they deduce that from what they studied? How do we know that? Uh, well, well, we know that from observation, right? Yeah, I mean, they're talking about, I mean, they make this- Observation the, bone yeah. records, like you can tell certain bones are broken or rehealed or that kind of stuff. Like okay. that's in the fossil record, that's easy to determine. But how would we know that that's- that they had been, that those who had been killed in those tribes were really violent. Well, most most of the stuff comes from the fact that it's, it's kind of like talking about the Darwin. It's a bush, not a tree, type thing. There was a lot yes. of diff, there was a lot of variance in what we consider like humanoid creatures. That uh-huh. a lot of them, for some reason or another, died out. So you got you can look at why that happened, but a lot of it starts to look at more of the looking at current species and the differences, for instance, between apes and bonobos, okay, yeah, and things like that. So we we can make deductions about some of the things that we see. So if you find like the Iceman with a arrow in his back, for instance, in the in the warring that you have there, you can make some speculations, but. It re- the the meat and potatoes of what I was interested in are, were the things like the study on the foxes becoming tamer from from man-made from man-made purposes, the study of you know Jane Goodall's studies and things like that. Okay, yeah, there was a lot of field work, and I suppose that you can kind of backtrack and be like, well, we're seeing this out here in the field, you know, that there are these roaming gangs that actually take care of their most violent psychotic members, and so the argument is that part of human evolution is violence utilized to curb the worst kind of violence. That makes sense. Like, I, we can kind of understand that, that that's what law and order is to a certain sense, if it's working as it should work. Um, now, do we believe this is true? Do we believe that we're seeing this? Where, where is it going, if that's the case? You kind of have to think about it as a human as an animal. We are a societal species. Yep. There's a reason we do what we do even right now in different aspects of what makes us us. So even if it's not a direct correlation, sometimes there's a longer term correlation to the actions that we're doing. Okay. Yeah, I think the human existence is escapable from some of those natural tendencies that are really primal in animals. And I think that we do a good job at disguising those with kind of phil- philosophical mm. banter like this. Uh, it's short term versus long term goals. Like as a as a as an yeah. as a species, like what are you trying to achieve? Are you trying to put meat on the table now, or in t- three generations from now? And have the cognitive abilities to even analyze that and not be living in the immediacy of the moment. Well, the short term goal is to get rid of the hyper violent person in your tribe, right? We can all relate to that. Um, we were speaking about bullying before. Like, if I'm being bullied and I know two or three other people are being bullied, and that person has that much power then that's a real immediate, like, there's not a lot of... And the first reaction is to fight back. Is to fight back, and also, so this is interesting. I mean, okay, the first reaction is to band together and fight back. So in the very most basic sense, um, now why wouldn't that propel the people fighting back to be the hyper-violent? 
Maybe Some, it does. Sometimes it does. I mean, okay. look at the world wars, like okay. any, com- that, any series of conflict. I would actually go the other way. I think okay. the first immediate reaction is not to fight back, it's to fall back. The first immediate reaction you get to individuals that are being bullied, or in this case, violent aggression sought towards them, is to not make a scene. Does that make sense? So there, it, the article talks about uh, these um, female apes that Bonobos. are... Uh, well, not the bonobos because okay. they were the loving, uh, yes. they were the loving um, species. But um, gorillas who would kill the young of the other individuals. Now, you know, you think about the idea that if you're you, you protect your family at all costs in our society, but think about allowing that to happen and being not complacent in it, but apathetic towards it. That's a fallback mechanism. That's not a fight back mechanism. And I think that that's what happens in a, in a structured power dynamic that you have there. And I think that that as humans, we've come to understand that there's a power in that societal notion that you might not be able to, you might fall back in that, that situation, but society is there to come, to come back and fight for you. Fight mm-hmm. or flight is a thing common in, you know, a lot of different mm-hmm. species. And right. sometimes it like, uh, rams cuttlefish even like there's different strategies for even within the same society it just depends on the individual which goes back to what you were talking about right we also know that fight or flight drops your iq like intentionally because uh understanding complexity you talk about philosophical banter when you're actually faced with an immediate challenge understanding complexity is actually a hindrance to what you may need to do either to stifle your own empathy and do something or run away from it. Like, you, you know, it's like you don't really want to be sitting there philosophical at that moment. So you want to be consciously unconscious. Yeah, oh, and that's what you do so well. <laughs> now, let's, let's bring the critique in a little bit here. Uh, is the author saying, oh, okay, so I guess the argument is, is that through these immediate reactions of killing the most biggest bully in the group or whatever it is when they get out of control over so many, many years that our most violent strains have been killed off. And there's that makes sense to me. That's kind of logical. But I just feel like, uh, and you were talking about affluence. So you were saying if there's a turkey on the table, that really curbs violence. Mm-hmm. And you're probably right. And yet I feel like we live in such a violent country. Um, what would propel what propels the hyperviolence and gun culture of our country and how is that linked what is that what is that i feel like there's some link here between well the physical you know, violence isn't necessarily the cause like the cause is whether or not it's uh, wealth inequality social inequality okay. like there is so many i think it just comes down to inequalities okay in general so take that from that level and it's how somebody's trying to achieve and to get ahead of whatever they feel is an inequality or that they're, you know, uh, have a negative aspect uh, to start from. And they're just trying to better themselves. So that, violence is the means by which to achieve, if no other, you know, there's that famous quote. I think I can't remember. It's like war is the extension of diplomacy by other means. Yes. Right? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's Klauswitz. He says that. And he says war is just the extension of diplomacy by other means. Right. When you've exhausted conversation when you've exhausted legalese what you do is you actually start killing one another but you're trying to achieve always a political end and so, what you were talking about right there is is essentially 
a competition for resources and a competition for resources is a competition for resources no matter how derivative or abstract that may become so what we were talking about before was the idea that it might not be the immediacy of getting that animal that you killed and competing for that it might be so derived into something like blood diamonds or some sort of economic well, dra- uh, incentive. Let, let me throw something out at. there that I think is relevant. Uh, the incel movement is something that I've spoken about with my students, and Robin and I talk about it from time to time. Incels are involuntarily celibate. Um, it's interesting. There was a radio show recently about the woman who started that movement. So, yeah, it was actually mm. a woman in a, a university who felt that way, that felt basically um, asexual of a kind, but involuntarily celibate. And she started a a help movement for people who were feeling the same way. And it morphed in the the years that she left it. The first year or two of that, it was like a support group. It wasn't, it had no like violent edge to it. Then she kind of like, she actually, I think, found a partner and left the movement. Like she had somehow found her way to having a partner and then the movement, like she, two or three years later, she checked in on the movement. She's like, oh, my God, what, what's happened to this movement? So incels would be a really good example, I think, of this violence to try to rectify what is seen as an unfair situation. And just so the listeners know, incels, are, like I said, means involuntarily celibate, but it's this very complex, almost Marxist analysis about genetics and, like, um, basically losing the genetic lottery and, and not being able to find a partner where there's these biffes out there or something who, who are taking more than they should and these Janes. I don't know. They have all these words for... Which then translates into a bitterness and animosity oh. towards the opposite oh. sex. Well, yeah, well, but not, it's... doesn't have to be opposite. Or, yeah. Just towards sexes. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's actually just towards both, but right. I do think True. it manifests mostly from male incels to females. And it's kind of hard to wrap your head around it because you're like, do you feel, what? what's going on? Are you feeling obligated that someone should sleep with you? Like, again, my students, like, they can't really understand it. Like, is that a, a basic human right? <laughs> right? I mean. I think in in my understanding, which is very limited, <laughs> like, obviously, but. We always would be assume that, way. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the baseline with you. I'm that low IQ. He's he is yeah breed that you're. He's talking often about. Talk, He's like, well, I'm not a total expert on this. And then <laughs> two minutes later, he's like, yeah, I don't, really, I don't know anything about that. Uh, but it's more <laughs> to be given the opportunity than demanded a any sexual encounter. Like uh-huh. they like, oh man, look at that girl over there. She ha- she hasn't. She would never even look at me, or she hasn't looked at me. Mm-hmm. I demand at least. I think it's there's a lot of kind of um, like bad nuanced capitalism in there. Like there there needs to be this. There's this entitlement that I should be given an opportunity, and that if I was given the opportunity or the opportunity should arise, I would capitalize on that. Yeah. It's very, it's a very weird thing, and I think it, it, it's the underlying tensions of a lot of different things in our society that kind of coalesce into one. Yeah, and it's not just about not being sexually active; it's actually about losing power or the perception of losing power. I think honestly, it's about it's it's more geared towards male frustrations. 
yeah. and the movement just in general. So there's a lot of different, we're at a crossroads and an intersection of a lot of different things coming to a headway. And it's a lot of those things coming together. Yeah, I would agree that, that it is a wildly complex topic. Um, it, it, and I do think it has to do with white male rage uh, a lot. Not, not totally, but male rage for sure. And I think it has to do with procreation like the ability to procreate and to have children and to feel like that's a possibility. But it's also, it's, there's a level of dementia there, like it's actual dementia. I think the, the procreation is a part of it from the instinctual aspect, but to go back to what Jer was referencing about the perception of power, um, that probably is more of a societal thing, especially with incels being more predominantly in our current country. Mm-hmm. Like There are some other countries that have it that I know of, Oh yeah, but, but well, not the same like aspect. Canada, you mean, or like I think I, I think a lot of I mean, it's, it's over in Europe a little bit. Like okay. the internet, like, yeah. the internet uh, opened all borders. It really yeah. doesn't matter. Like you can find groups of people. I've done it myself for other different activities that I do. Yeah. Hop on a forum in Spain, and oh, look, I'm playing with these people in a game. A game that you know I don't speak the same language, but we can play the same game and have right. a good time. Right, like. The internet changed. Well, no, but I, I guess why I'm, I'm asking that is because I'm. I was just wondering if the incel phenomenon was related to so-called first world. I mean, we don't really use that word, but like whether it was like an international thing or wh- whether it was a time and place in certain capitalists, like you were talking about. There's a sense of almost capital entitlement, like. Uh, that's why I was curious about what other countries. So this is kind of a spitball here, okay? okay. And I'm just kind of. This is kind of all manifesting just from thoughts right now. A devil's advocate okay? spitball. Not a devil's advocate, but just an anal- a quick gun, okay. like quick draw analysis on things. Now you got guns on the. Well, why you are you? Go, what's, so, why are you? What's the gun? We thing? got. We got. You're gonna you take got a lot my of metaphors here. If, if we're not going into children's soldiers, let's just put the guns. Away. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, so go back twenty or thirty years, and it and you have incidents of sexual harassment being commonplace in in our society and and generally overlooked and you have the rise of this being scrutinized on our society and, and that's really good i think that in other we are at the forefront of our society in the united states of saying that this is wrong and we're going to examine it and i'm not saying that we're the first to do so but if you if you go to a lot of other countries, that this is still commonplace, and and certain kind of racial undertones and racist undertones exist in a lot of societies throughout the world in some variation. That sexual harassment exists in those countries and has not been addressed. So in addressing these these things in this sexual That's harassment, kind of what things, I'm wondering. We have created this void where. A generation of frustrated uh, individuals who may not be able to totally articulate their frustrations have seen other generations get away with things that was commonplace. Specifically their parents. Exactly. Yeah. Like as as soon as, as that direct. generation get, get quote unquote away with that or that be quote unquote Normal. okay. That's even that's even worse. Okay. And that changes to this. If you go on to, mm. for instance, Facebook, you might see, uh, I see it all the time. 
uh, back in my day, we used to run outside and play in the streets until the yeah. you, until nine o'clock. So you have this resistance to change, and that everything that came before you as something that was better than this previous generation than than the current generation. So when you see that void created by the movements that we've had that have been actually good movements, you see this frustration bubble up like that. Okay, so let's really put a. Let's put a pin in it. Not to, let's put a pin in your spitball. Uh, your, your gun-loaded spitball. Well, let's put a pin in it. Is that an arrow, then? What you're saying is that um, the totally correct and right reassessment of sexual harassment and trying to rid it from society, as we can all agree, is appropriate, mm-hmm. has marooned a group of people who yes. not only... Don't can't find a way to express interest in, in any other way, but also saw a generation before them able to do that. Maybe even idolize them from movies and stuff like that. And Animal House, not to be mad. Oh, so many. Yep. I mean, I mean just, yeah, it just goes on that and we're on. Still watching. Yep. It just goes on and on. So their sense of powerlessness, powerlessness is compounded. It's not just that they're feeling powerless; they're feeling diminished power in excess and there's a level of rage there yeah is this not some form of judicial violence in that the current society is taking in order to curb the most violent of a certain type that we're talking about here Hmm. like it's not a physical violence this is a you know uh within the structure and means that we've developed as a society this is another way to contain or to remove that certain strand. That okay, here's the deemed. only here's the only issue is that you don't remove them, right? In right. the tribal society or tribal amongst chimpanzees or whatever it is, the hyperviolent are actually killed. They're not on the internet. But we've deemed yeah. that as this society as you know we we can't and shouldn't be doing that. Okay, but it does feel like there's some kind of almost. Um, thing jammed up in the system that is if you're trying to remove that kind of behavior and we again i just want to be clear can agree to that but you're actually not removing the thing it's cancerous it becomes cancerous it's still out there it's lurking beneath the surface it's waiting to uh, rear its uh, ugly head and uh, impose itself on the world i mean the last two terrorist attacks in north america have been insult attacks not ISIS, but incel. There's one in California and there's one in Toronto. Well, I think that that's where the the t- there's two kind of trains coming uh, full steam ahead at each oh, other. Oh, jeez. Okay. okay, could you please... There's we a couple... spitballs and trains. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually did that one. I, I just was totally making that over the fly just to, to get your reaction oh, from good. that. But Thank you. I don't... The article seems to suggest that we're weeding out or basically uh, kind of domesticating ourselves through just the propensity of generational, you know, procreation, this, that, the other thing. But are we not also creating a society that is more, not only more tolerant in general, but more tolerant when there's things that are, that pop up that are unacceptable. Go back to medieval times in Europe or the French Revolution. You got people getting their heads chopped off. Okay, for for this, that, or the other thing, justifiably or not justifiably, mostly not. So when you now we 
most, I'm not going to say most people, I don't know the, the data on this, but we have an ongoing debate in our country of whether or not capital punishment should be a thing or not. So we are never fully ridding ourselves or thwarting ourselves or killing off the existence of any sort of violent means. Sarnev, the, the bomber <clears throat> in Boston, is still in jail. Actually, and, and getting uh, fan mail. And from, getting fan mail. Actually, and this young, week, young uh, it's being brought up and reviewed on if he actually had a proper trial, if he was given a yep. fair trial, literally this week. So well, in our tolerance, I, we can actually... I, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Can I just... Uh, we're going to make a break in a second and then come back. But the other thing, of course, is that conventional war is way down. So conventional war is a wonderful antiseptic, I think Mussolini called it, or somebody uh, for society that is... It takes a ton of uh, really hyper-violent young men and brings only a few back home. The Germans, when they first attacked, they were all just uh, on drugs. Yeah, right. You've read that book, Blitz? Uh, yep. Yeah, uh, methamphetamines. <laughs> yep. And it, were... and it was a common over-the-counter at the time that yep. the Germans took to pick themselves up, and then they just weaponized it. Yeah, just like the opioid crisis, it was safe, the safe drug. Exactly. Opposed to the decadent heroin. Um all right, now listen, folks, we're going to be back. We're going to just take a little bit break, and we'll come back. This is a engaging, edgy, violent conversation. Let me tell you, they're looking at me like they're about to pounce on me. <laughs> I have mic number one, and so I feel like you two are going to kill me. And no, I, want, I, want, I want mic number three. You want mic number three. We'll work There's it out. There's a pecking order here. We'll, we'll, and I'm on the low man on the totem pole. We'll, we'll make it work. We'll be back in a minute. 